The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Catholic Spirituality on member-supported Restoration Radio. I am your host, Matthew Arthur, presenting Father Nicholas Disposito and Father Hermann Fleece on this episode of Catholic Spirituality. This episode is a members-only episode and is not available for individual purchase and download. To receive access to all Restoration Radio episodes, please visit truerestoration.org and go to the member area on the menu bar to find out details on becoming a member. And now we present Catholic Spirituality. Welcome to Catholic Spirituality on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Father Herman Fliss, and in today's episode, I am joined by our guest, Father Nicolás Desposito, Professor at Most Holy Trinity Seminary. Thank you, Father, for being here. Hello. Today we will continue our study of the book, The Theology of Christian Perfection, by the theologian Antonio Rosso Marin. We left last time uh, in the first part of uh, the chapter on Christian perfection, and today we will resume that, uh, the second part of that same chapter. Father, the first uh, title is The Obligation of Perfection. Yes, and uh, today we are going to see that that obligation to Christian perfection is not only for uh, priests and religious, that of course they have a special um, obligation to tend to perfection, but that also the laity, the everyone, that's why it says all Christians are obliged to aspire to Christian perfection. That obligation is for everyone, and uh, it is important to know because we have basically been created for that perfection. We have been given a, a soul which is immortal. We have been given grace in order to develop the spiritual life, the Christian life in our soul. And now we are going to see and continue uh, with this uh, obligation to tend to uh, perfection. And important to know is that we are not merely um, invited, uh, but that we are obliged. It's a commandment to tend, to strive, to aspire to Christian perfection. And uh, this does not mean that we have to be already perfect when we convert in the beginning of the Christian life or even at any determined moment in that life, but it means that we must positively aspire to Christian perfection. That should be our goal, our end. If uh, and we have to have the serious purpose to attain it. If we um, uh, die and we are tending to perfection, that's the, the that's what we basically the what we are 
supposed uh, to be doing. But if we neglect during our life this uh, uh, aspiration or this uh, striving and we happen to die, there is a real danger of not uh, going to heaven or to go to purgatory. So this uh, obligation is to always be tending and trying to be more perfect in our in the in charity in the um, perfecting the state of grace. Far you spoke about uh, uh, being obliged as opposed to being invited. So obviously that involves uh, um, a commandment essentially. Uh, could you give us a proof of that commandment from Scripture? Yes, the probably the the most uh, well known of the. Uh, Uh, scriptural passages is that you are to be perfect, you therefore are to be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. So um, that's in Matthew chapter 5. And our Lord is very clear that He's not saying um, you are invited to perfection or you should be perfect, but you must be perfect. And again, this is for everyone, it's addressed to all men. And uh, by the very fact of uh, once we have been uh, created and given a, an immortal soul, by that very fact, we have this obligation. And of course, uh, we have received all the means in order to reach that goal, the sanctifying grace, the, uh, the virtues, the gifts, as we have already seen before. And we have other proofs, uh, St. Paul saying that uh, God has chosen us in Christ that we should be holy and without blemish in his sight. Uh, again, he says that we must struggle until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the deep knowledge of the Son of God to perfect manhood to the mature measure of the fullness of Christ. Of course, the analogy between the natural and supernatural order, in which in both orders we have to grow and until acquire that perfection or that manhood. So in the same way that we have to eat and uh, uh, nourish ourselves and grow in our bodies uh, in the natural order, the same thing is true of the supernatural order by the practice of virtue, by the um, exercise of the virtues, etc., especially of charity and growing in the in, this, in the grace of God, which is the seed of of, of, of perfection, um, we have to attain to that uh, goal, to that um, to that end, which is the, the perfection of the Christian life. Uh, there is uh, Saint Peter; he desires that we be holy in imitation of God, who is holy, as the one who called you is holy, be you also holy in all your behavior, for it is written, you shall be holy, because I am holy. So God, again, uh, wants us to be perfect be because he himself, from all eternity, is perfect. And um, we have been created in order to imitate that uh, holiness and perfection. In the uh, book of the Apocalypse, uh, we read that no one can be considered so perfect that he cannot be more perfect. He who is just, let him be just still, and he who is holy, let him be hallowed still. That's another principle in the, in the spiritual life, that charity doesn't have um, um, uh, like um, 
um, like a measurement to which to attain that it, we have to always strive to have more and more charity, more intense charity. There is no, not a limit. The limit will be when we die. God has chosen that day for us. But in itself, charity has no limit, and we have to grow in that virtue every day. So those are the scriptural passages. Uh, there are the fathers of the church, of course, that will continue uh, that doctrine, uh, explaining that doctrine, with the, especially with the famous axiom that we have already uh, explained here. Uh, he who does not go forward on the road to God, of God falls back. So uh, this, again, is uh, another way of saying that we uh, need to constantly make progress in the way to Christian perfection at the risk of falling back and of compromising uh, one's salvation. And for what uh, uh, did the magisterium of the Church say concerning this point? Well, here uh, Rojo Barin quotes uh, Pius XI in an encyclical that he wrote on St. Francis de Sales, and he says, the Pope says, let no one judge that this obligation pertains only to a select few, and that all others are permitted to remain in an inferior grade of virtue. They are all obliged to this law, absolutely, and without exception. Um, I would like to point out that in the past, in the history of the Church and the history of Christian spirituality of, or of the, uh, the science of, the, uh, of ascetical and mystical theology, there was a time in which a school of, of thought um, was teaching that there were two separate ways um, of uh, perfection, one for the ascetical life and the other for the mystical life, basically saying that the... Uh, uh, most of us should uh, just strive to the perfection of the ascetical life, the practice of virtue and mortification, but only if called by God in a special manner, we were um, going to um, basically go to the mystical perfection. But if God didn't call us to that exceptional um, way of the mystical life, we were not um, allowed to even desire that kind of mystical perfection, that we only have to be content with the uh, ascetical life. That point of view has been abandoned by the, the, the theologians and by the authors, and now we know for, for sure, for certain, and following the, the, the true uh, tradition of the Church, that we all, without exception, everyone is supposed to arrive at the perfection of the mystical life. Of course, there are degrees. Not everyone is supposed to be like a St. Francis of Assisi or something like that, but we all are obliged to arrive at uh, the perfection, uh, which is of the mystical order, the perfection of, the, of charity as, as um, perfected by the gifts of the Holy Ghost, especially the intellectual gifts, uh, especially wisdom. So, Again, the, the degree or the grade of perfection that uh, that's different for all of us. It depends of, of the um, our state of life and of many other things. Um, but the, what is true is that we all must arrive a to a mystical degree of, of Christian perfection, not just a merely uh, ascetical one. And I think for a good point to to make here is that um, 
the church has canonized uh, saints in all of the different vocations of life, uh, obviously not only in the priestly life or the religious life, but also in the laity and in all sorts of um, vocations and avocations, which will confirm this point which I spoke about. Um, if we, we spoke about the obligation of the laity of tending uh, towards perfection, um, in what will that consist, uh, Father, in a more practical uh, order? Uh, yes, yes, following our author here, he says the, uh, this perfection involves using the means that are necessary not to lose charity and not disdaining or excluding perfection positively. So first of all, we have to preserve, of course, the state of grace and not to put any obstacle or any intention not to make progress, not to strive. And in order to do that, we must practice um, a certain... Um, we have to... See, in practice, we, we must tend to perfection and to the exercise of works of supererogation, which means we have to have an, an, a generosity which, is, um, which will give us more works than the strict necessary. I don't know, just to, I will just read one author here explaining this. It is the common doctrine as stated by Suarez in the following words. It could scarcely be moral, morally possible that a person, even a lay person, could have the firm resolution never to commit a mortal sin without, by that very fact, performing some work of supererogation and having the intention, either formally or virtually, of doing so. In the practical order, this means that um, <clears throat> it is not enough for you to say, okay, I will go to Mass uh, on Sundays, and I will once in a while say a rosary and, and uh, skip uh, just the minimum of the spiritual life, just to make sure that I don't lose sanctifying grace. No, it, it, this precept of tending towards uh, the perfection of charity the perfection of the Christian life, also demand some works of supererogation. That is, uh, some extra things that every day we do a little more uh, out of generosity, out of love of God and fidelity to grace, that we, the, our tending or striving to perfection is something positive, something that actually exists every day, that we do something, even small things, even small mortification, uh, mortifications every day, uh, but that that supererogation or that super added virtue uh, is always there, and um, that that is a sign of our generosity in the with regard to God in the practice and exercise of virtue. The other, I would say, just to uh, to speak about the opposite of that will be that we only are content with the minimum, just with. Um, uh, not uh, going against any positive commandment of God, just uh, uh, just trying to keep only the those things which are of precept, and again ask because it's an obligation, but never showing any uh, extra generosity in the path of God. So uh, it's like getting comfortable with the minimum. That is incompatible with this precept because again we have to strive. For perfection, we have to always have more charity than the day before, and that will be impossible if we do not show God a little bit of generosity, extra generosity every day. 
And it seems to me for, uh, that according to the maxim that we saw of the Holy Fathers, um, if somebody had that um, disposition, seems to be in a kind of a, um, dangerous situation because if he's not willing to advance, he seems to be in the risk of actually uh, falling back. Yes, that's absolutely true, and and that's one of the reasons why in our sermons and very often we tell people to uh, uh, do the morning and night prayers, the examination of conscience, both the particular examination and the general. And by the way, we're going to see uh, those things, um, how to do those things in this uh, as we progress in this course, and, and also to say the rosary every day to uh, do some meditation every day, some spiritual reading every day. Why we say that, even though we are no one, one is obliged, strictly speaking, to do those things, uh, but we uh, emphasize and we, uh, um, say, we insist on, on to, the, to the lay people to do those things, because, again, if you, if you do those things, those extra things, you keep the, the fire of charity going through those exercises, of course, we mean doing those exercises well. Um, that's a, a, a very that guarantees that we are making progress. But if we neglect our daily prayer, our examination of conscience, or the rosary, and receiving the sacraments as often as we can, etc., and we just do the the, the the just the minimum, that's a sign that again the our charity is remiss and that. There, there is a little negligence and, and lukewarmness in our spiritual life. So yes, we not we are not obliged to do the rosary every day or the spiritual reading or meditation or morning and night prayers. But uh, if we neglect those those things uh, for no good reason, uh, that's a sign that our charity is not going forward, uh, is not uh, increasing in intensity as it should. That's uh, an interesting uh, point there and of, of practical application. Um, Father, and then uh, what would you say to people uh, who might feel um, a little discouraged if they consider, well, I have to, I am bound to attain perfection, but uh, I do realize that I am, I am very, very, very far from it. I am just... Uh, uh, I am very imperfect, in fact. How can one um, avoid discouragement and seeing how far he is from the, the goal? Well, one th I will say at least two things. First, that, as we said before, perfection is uh, of the supernatural order, and virtue is infused virtue, charity uh, especially, but also hope and faith and all the moral virtues. Those things come from God, and the increase of those things we have to basically pray for it. So there is the two big things in the in in uh, in the Christian life are prayer and mortification. Mortification is there in order to prepare ourselves um, for prayer by uh, making sure that there are no obstacles to prayer. So we mortify ourselves in order to detach ourselves from the things of this world and make the soul more, um, say, uh, able to pray well. And we pray in order to ask God for the things that we need. But the things that we need are, are uh, very, um, say, uh, strictly supernatural. Remember, the natural virtue is not going to do anything 
um, in, in the supernatural order. <clears throat> so therefore it means that prayer is absolutely necessary. That's with one thing. So prayer, because the things that we need only God can give, and mortification in order to detach ourselves of the things of this world and make prayer uh, easier. The other thing is not to get uh, discouraged. That's the discouragement sometimes is a sign of pride. When we see that we cannot or we do not make progress in the spiritual life, we say, oh, I cannot do this, and as I try, but it is very difficult, and I'm always in the same place, and I cannot advance. That's pride, in a way. I mean, it can be other other, uh, other reasons, but most of the time, since the discouragement comes from a... Um, an ideal that we have of our, ourselves, like the we think of ourselves um, uh, of some probably uh, ascribing to ourselves some perfection that we do not yet have. And when we see ourselves failing, um, uh, we get discouraged because, again, we didn't do the things that we, we thought we were able to do. And God permits sometimes that uh, failure in order for us to understand, again, that without His grace, we can do nothing. So instead of being discouraged, let's, uh, let's try increasing our humility. And humility, again, being a supernatural virtue, comes from God. Once we pray for the virtue of humility, let's be ready for some humiliations God will send to us, uh, for sure. And... Uh, with humility and with perseverance in prayer and, and mortification and uh, this little extra th extra works of uh, super super erogation little acts of virtue that we do every day for cert even if we do not notice progress if we do those things we are going to have uh, we are making progress so it's not a, a question of uh, feeling is a question of real progress. It's a question of when we are um, in a position, for example, of uh, if we have a tendency to impatience, if we really are working against our impatience, against our anger, etc., once the, the real progress is measured there, when we have a temptation against those, those, um, <clears throat> that, against patience or against uh, meekness, etc., if we do not fall into the temptation, but we deny ourselves. That's a s sure sign that we are making progress. Um, uh, and again, we do not need to feel the, all the time the consolations of prayer or being absolutely uh, perfect all the time. Again, that's impossible. But the real progress is in the small things that we see ourselves um, practicing the virtue that we need the most a little better every day. So if, for example, we have a tendency to laziness, we are going to make progress, we are going to see the progress if um, we put ourselves to work even when we don't feel like working, or if we do our, we say our rosary even when we do not feel like praying, or if um, we uh, examine our conscience, even if we are tired at night, we take those five minutes and examine our conscience. That's a sign that we are conquering our uh, sloth. Um, the same thing with all of the other virtues. So if you want a sign of progress, will be in the practice of the virtues, especially in the virtues that are more difficult for us. So again, discouragement, 
uh, is something that we have to avoid. Pray for humility and pray for, uh, especially for the help that you need in the practice of your of the virtue you need the most. Uh, Sarah, I would like to <clears throat> to ask if you don't uh, to add if you don't mind that um, I am thinking of uh, some persons of the laity. They have heard very clearly uh, stated today that they have to attain perfection, but they might uh, find that when they look for uh, books treating on these subjects, many of them are written for um, religious um, or um, or priests. And uh, but uh, I would recommend. Um, first of all, it's not true that they are all um, written for um, religious or priests. You will find some others. I would recommend especially um, St. Francis de Sales. There is uh, his introduction to the devout life. And there we have, uh, he traces all the, um, the means of perfection, especially for those who live in the world, as most um, people do. And also... Uh, there is the spirituality of St. Therese of Lisieux, her little way, which can be actually applied and followed uh, by uh, everybody. So I just wanted to make that uh, remark that there are books and um, ways of spirituality that are very uh, much in tune uh, with the lady. Yes, so those are excellent books, and as you say, uh, those are perfect for the laity because they both emphasize the, the simplicity of the of the spiritual life. That many times we think of the spiritual life as something again for religious, for priests, and uh, demanding like uh, like a religious life or the, the life of the monk. But not the the whole thing is charity, is the love of God, and how the the practical things again. Yes, they are very well explained in those books and. Uh, uh, as you uh, you, ma- you mentioned, and uh, the saints had the 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 gifts of, especially the gift of wisdom, that uh, especially for explaining the things that in in a very very supernatural manner, in a very with ointment and uh, almost like a with divine inspiration. Of course, not the same inspiration as sacred scripture, but being saints, the friends of God. They had a special way of explaining things and making things easier for all of us. So, yes, St. Francis de Sales, St. The, uh, the Little Flower, those things are a, a must-read for, for the laity. Well, Father, uh, is there any other point you would like to make today? or? Well, the I think it's all for now. In The, the next time we are going to continue with um, the next chapter, so the, the, the mystical state, going again, it may seem uh, at first glance something too elevated, but part of the, the main object of this book and of the, of the, of the of this, uh, uh, recordings that we are doing is to make people understand that that mystical state, the mystical life, is something that we all should... Um, Basically, we all should arrive at that before uh, the moment of death. And the, the more we do in order to, to make people, I would say, to motivate people in the, in the spiritual life to, uh, to arrive at that, uh, the better. Very well, Father. So thank you for your, your time once again. And uh, I hope our listeners enjoy the show. And uh, we will come to a close now. Um, thank you, Father, for your time. No, thank you. Thank you to our listeners, and God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to Catholic Spirituality. We want to remind you that Catholic Spirituality is a production of member-supported Restoration Radio. All rights are reserved and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. To obtain permission, please write to mail at truerestoration.org. If you have any questions for Father Herman Fleece or Father Nicholas Disposito or feedback on this episode, please contact us at catholicspirituality at truerestoration.org and we will pass along your questions or comments. All of us here at member-supported Restoration Radio hope that you found this show to be informative, helpful or beneficial to you and to your faith. In return, please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary or even simply an Ave for our work the next time you pray. For the Restoration, I am Matthew Arthur. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.